Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah. Ve salatu ve selamu ala Resulillah ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve men velah. Esselamu aleyküm ve rahmetullahi ve barakatuhu. We continue uh, this evening to uh, study the uh, Mathnawi Al-Arabi Nuri of Ustaz Badi'i Zaman Nursi rahmetullahi aleyh. And uh, we are still reading from the uh, Lama'at or the uh, uh, illuminations uh, from the Son of Tawheed or uh, unification. And uh, the last time we uh, were talking about the distinction that Ustad makes between two types of Tawheed. Uh, the first which he called Tawheed Ami, a general Tawheed, um, and, then, and then a Tawheed Haqiqi or a real Tawheed. And then uh, he says, فَنَحْنُ نُسْمِعُكَ لَمَعَاتٍ مِنْ هَذَا التَّوْحِيدِ We shall uh, tell you or uh, make you hear some glimpses from this second type of Tawheed, this more profound kind of Tawheed. الَّتِ اسْتَفَدْنَاهَا مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ الْحَكِيمِ That we have uh, gained or learned or benefited from the uh, wise Qur'an. Al-Lam'atu al-Ula, the first illumination. Inna lissani'i jalla jalaluh, that the maker, uh, may he be exalted, ala kulli masnu'in min masnu'atihi, on every single thing that is made, amongst the things that he makes, sikkatun khassa, and we said the sikka last time is a mint, like the, the minting of coins. There is a special sign on the coin that signifies that it is issued by the central bank, that it is an authorized coin. And if you go to the gold market and you buy a piece of gold, you'll find a small stamp on the piece of gold that signifies that it is certified by the auditor of the market that it is authentic. This is the sikka, okay? And that is why the coins in Arabic are called maskukat, okay, things that are stamped. They are stamped and the stamp is a signification of uh, uniqueness and also a signification of authority and the signification of authenticity okay. so he says that inna lisani' jalla jalaluhu ala kulli masnu'in min masnu'atihi sikkatun khassa for the maker on everything that he makes amongst the things he makes uh, a special there is a special sign a special mint a special signifier khassa unique Unique, it is unique for him who is the creator of everything. Okay. And on every creature that he creates, there is a special stamp, Khatamun. Khatamun is the, uh, in Arabic is the name for a stamp and also a ring. The reason it is the name of, of a ring as well as a stamp is because people used to carry their stamps on their rings. So when they wanted to stamp, they would actually use the ring to make their stamp. So the khatam is the ring, but is also the stamp, and it is also the culmination. Okay? So the uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is called khatam al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. He is the seal of all prophets, and the double meaning of seal as in the end of all prophecy in the sense of he is the last of all prophets, but he is the seal as in the sense of the, the signifier, the, the signification, the, the, the authoritative stamp of all prophecy. Okay? So he says that on every creature amongst his creatures, there is a khatamun khasun biman huwa sani'u kulli shay. There is a, a stamp that is 
uh, unique to he who makes all things. وَعَلَى كُلِّ مَنْشُورٍ مِنْ مَكْتُبَاتِ قُدْرَتِهِ And on everything that is out there manifested, okay, uh, amongst the, the decrees of his will, of his power, there is Taghurra is the, is the uh, unique uh, uh, symbol of uh, sovereignty. Each uh, Ottoman sultan used to have a unique cal- calligraphy that signified his sultanate. So Sultan Abdul Hamid would have a Taghurra, Sultan Abdul Majid would have a Taghurra, and it is the seal of the sultan. It's, it's written in a, in a, in a unique and beautiful uh, manner. And only the sultan carries the taghurrah. So all the faramans or the decrees of the sultan would have that stamp. The paper without that stamp is not authoritative. With that stamp, it carries the authority of the sovereign. So uh, Ustad Badr Zaman Nursi uses this concept of taghurrah uh, very much. It, it is basically the unique stamp uh, of, of, of the divine, so of the sovereignty of the divine. So he says, on everything that is manifest, amongst that which is decreed by, by Allah's qudra, uh, by his uh, uh, power, there is a unique taghurra. Taghurra, gharra, manifest. Gharra is, 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 is luminescent, manifest, uh, clear. Uh, you know, when the horse has a beautiful white sign on, on the forehead, uh, we say that, that uh, the horse is agar, because it, 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 there is this clarity, there is this luminescence on the forehead. On the forehead, so the taghurra uh, gharra is a luminescent or manifest or clear and and uh, distinct uh, uh, sign of of divine sovereignty. La tuqallad, which cannot be emulated, it cannot be forfeited. It is like these now these uh, unique uh, 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 signs that you you find on on coins and on on uh, and banknotes, sometimes on credit cards to make sure that there is, there is, that, that there is no uh, falsification. So the taghurra la tuqallad, cannot be emulated. Only Allah Azza wa Jal has the stamp. Khasun bi sultan al-azali wal-abad. This taghurra is not for a human sultan. This is for the sultan of azal and abad. The sovereign of that which is from azal is, is uh, minus infinity, okay? Time extended to minus infinity. Abad is time extended to positive infinity. Okay, that uh, uh, the the that taghurra is the unique sign of the sultan, the sovereign of minus infinity to plus infinity, meaning Allah Azza wa Jal. Okay. Mathalan, he says, and this is an example. Unzur mimma la yu'ad min sikkatihi. Consider. Amongst those infinite signs of, of Allah Azza wa Jal, ila hadihi sikka, the special mint, alati wada'aha ala al-hayat, that he has put on life. And interestingly, in the three consecutive lam'at, lam'a ula, lam'a thaniya, lam'a thalitha, the first illumination, second illumination, third illumination, he actually says the first sign is the sign on life. The second sign is the sign on those things that have life, on living beings. And the third sign is the sign on the giving of life. So these are three unique signs that he will discuss in sequence. We are now considering the first sign, which is the sign that Allah Azza wa puts on life itself. 
What is this sign? He says, consider umdur, and another in Arabic is a very important word. It's the equivalent of the Greek theoria. It is not simply looking. You know, another is to look. But it's not simply looking, but also considering, contemplating, okay? Considering deeply, with thought. Umdur, Amongst those infinite uh, uh, signs that, that Allah has, Undur, look at this unique sign that he has put on life itself. Undur ila al-hayat. Look at life. Look at life and consider how something can become everything, and how everything can become something. This is unique to life. This, what you can call the, the, the ability, the transformative ability in life for something to become everything and for everything to become something. He says that this is unique of life, and more precisely, it is unique of divine creativity of life. It shows that life has the, the same unique creator, that there is only one creator. Because if it had more than one creator, there would not be this ability to transform something into everything and everything into something. And then he gives an example, Rahmatullah Naam, yes, Yasir al al Mashroob, bi ما لا يعد من أعضاء وجهازات حيوانية فصار شيء بأمر الله كل شيء. He says if you consider the water that you drink. So if I take a drink and I, I will take the opportunity. Yeah? <laughs> this الماء المشروب بإذن الله with the permission of Allah عز وجل and this is very important. Ahl al-Sunnah wa Jama'ah, when they speak of transformation or of creativity, always speak of bi-idhnillah. Okay? This is extremely important. We are not like the philosophers that used to think that there are inherent natures that make things. This is called in Ilmul Kalam, al-Qawl bi-tabai'ah, to believe in natures as creating things. Okay? And that is a, a aqidah that is uh, outside the aqidah of Ahl al-Sunnah wa Jama'ah. The belief that there are natures inherent in things that make things independent of Allah Azza wa Jal is, uh, if you believe that, you're outside the aqidah of al sunnah wa jama'ah. The aqidah of al sunnah wa jama'ah that all creativity belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal. And that everything that happens is bi-idhnillah, with the permission of Allah Azza wa Jal. Naam, yasir al-ma'ul mashroob, the water which is drunk, bi-idhnillah, with Allah's permission, it becomes transformed into ma la yu'addu min a'dha'in wa jihazatin hayawaniyyah. It becomes transformed into countless members and uh, uh, um, jihazat is more like little machines, okay? Um, uh, apparatus, basically, jihaz is apparatus. Hayawaniyyah, living apparatus. And this is absolutely the case because the water you drink becomes, in modern biological terms, part of the cytoplasm of your cells and, and part of all the, the components of your cells. 
if cytoplasm actually is, I think, if I can't remember the percentage, of, I, I, but I think it's something more, more than 90% water. So this water becomes part of the cytoplasm of all cells, of your liver cells, of, your, of the cells in your fingers, of your brain cells, or of the cells in your eyes, of the cells in your stomach. And notice the differences between brain cells and the cells of the stomach and the cells of the, of the finger, the cells of your nerves. They're all different types of cells. And yet, they are, they are made of the same kind of water. Okay, so the same substance is transformed into all these different types of living apparatus, your cells. And it's the same water. Okay? وكذا, and likewise, يصير جميع الأطعمة المختلفة الأجناس بإذن الله جسما خاصا وجلدا مخصوصا. And as you eat all types of foods, okay, from macaroni to apples to, to oranges to, to uh, 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 meat, all of these different types of food, كذا يصير جميع الأطعمة, all types of food, المختلفة الأجناس of different types, بإذن الله, again, with the permission of Allah Azza wa Jal, all of these things become جسما خاصا وجلدا مخصوصا. They become a unique body, the body of this person or that person or that other person. Okay? Though you have all these apples and oranges and different foods, they in a way become you. You are what you eat. There is a, there is a, it is a biological reality. In the cells that, that inhabit your body, or actually more precisely constitute your body, are all the apples and the oranges and the macaronis and the couscous and the, and the uh, if you are Turkish, all the kebabs, you know, uh, that you have eaten over the many years, are part of who you are, okay, of, of your bodily existence. This is weird when you think about it, that all this variety becomes you. And it is also weird that this unique thing becomes all the variety that is within you, okay? For this uniqueness to emerge out of variety and variety to emerge out of uniqueness, some common denominator to all this must, must be there. And this denominator is not in the things, but in the creator of these things. Meaning, the uniqueness of Allah Azza wa Jal as creator is precisely that which unifies the diverse and makes it become one, and that diversifies the one and makes it many. So the problem of the one and the many, which the idealist philosophers, especially in the 19th century, used to discuss, and even the early 20th century, Bradley and Bozenkat and Joachim and all these uh, idealists, and, and earlier Schelling and, and Schlegel and Fichte, uh, you know, all these philosophers had this great, the problem of the one and many. In Islam, the, the problem of the one and many is resolved through the creator of the one and the many, the one who makes the one many, and the one who makes many one. His oneness is not a oneness like all oneness that we talk about normally. This is one bottle, and this is one book, and this is one pen. When you say Allah is one, it is not a numerical oneness. It is a oneness of uniqueness. So that is why the mashayikh of Ilmul Kalam say, Wahidun la min adad. He is one, not numerically. This is very important. 
The oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal, when you say, قُلُ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ is not a numerical oneness. It is a oneness of uniqueness. The, a oneness of having no other like him. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ It is through لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ that you get this uniqueness, this oneness. It's very important so that when you say Allahu Ahad, Wahidun Ahad, you don't mean as in one, two, three, four. It's not a numerical oneness, but a oneness of uniqueness. This is a very important doctrine for Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah. Okay? That is why for us, the problem of the one and the many that the philosophers talk about is simply resolvable by having a unique creator that creates oneness, creates oneness, creates manyness creates from any one many and from any many one without any issues because of the uniqueness of the one creator. So the Shaykh Rahmatullah is saying that this is unique to Allah Azza wa Jal and indicative of the uniqueness of Allah Azza wa Jal and it is a sign that he puts on all things and that all things can be transformed into one thing and one thing can be transformed into many things, this is a sign of the creativity of a unique creator, Allah Azza wa Jal. Okay? So this is the first sikka, the first mint, the first sign of divine sovereignty and uniqueness. Okay? So let me reread the, the phrases now that we have explicated a little bit. So he says, Consider amongst those Signs that can, cannot be counted, his infinite signs. Look at this unique sign that he has put on life itself. Undur, consider how life, how something can become all things, and how all things can become one thing or something. Naam, yes. Yasiru al-ma'u al-mashroob. The water that is drunk is transformed bi-idhnillah through Allah's permission into ma la yu'addu min a'da'in wa jihazatin hayawaniyya. Into that which cannot be counted. Okay? In terms of members and living apparatus. Fasara shay'un bi-amri Allahi kulla shay'i. So something has become everything. وَكَذَا يَصِيرُ And similarly is transformed جَمِيعُ الْأَطْعِمَةِ الْمُخْتَلِفَةِ الْأَجْنَاسِ All the foods of diverse types بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ With the permission of Allah Azza wa Jal All of them become جِسْمًا خَاصًا A special body or a unique body or a particular body وَجِلْدًا مَخْصُوصًا and a, a unique skin, okay? وَجِهَازًا بَسِيطًا And a small apparatus, uh, sorry, and a simple uh, uh, um, apparatus. فَيَصِيرُ كُلُّ شَيْءٍ شَيْئًا لِأَمْرِ اللَّهِ So many things or all things can become a specific thing لِأَمْرِ اللَّهِ Through the command of Allah Azza wa Jal. The command of كُن فَيَكُون Be and it is, okay? فَمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ عَقْلٌ وَشُعُورُ قَلْبٍ يَفْهَمْ So he who has a, a, a aql, a, a, an intellect, uh, or a, a feeling, a sensibility, shu'ur, a sensibility 
of a, a heart that understands. And as I have said in one of the early talks, in Islam, the qalb and the aql are not separated. You know, now, because we translate many Western writings, and because we are so influenced by what amounts to Greek-Latin tradition, we tend to think of the aql as rationality and the qalb as emotions. So we say, you know, you know, the human being has a mind and has a heart. Aql in Arabic is actually a verb. Aqala, okay? Aqala, aqlan is actually an activity, okay? Who's doing the aql? Who's doing the fi'l that we call aql? Aqala is fa'ala, okay? It's, a, it's an act. Who's doing the act? It is the qalb. Qulubun la ya'qiluna biha. They've got hearts with which they do not exercise the activity of intellection or of knowing. If you see the, the intellection, the comprehension, the understanding as an activity of the heart, then you will see that there is no separation between morality, ethics, values, and knowing in Islam. Meaning, it makes a huge difference what your heart is like. If your qalb is salim, meaning is healthy, and when we say a healthy heart, we do not just mean a healthy muscle that pumps blood, but we mean a heart that is devoid of the sicknesses of the heart. What are the ailments of the heart? Imam Ghazali, rahmatullahi alayhi, lists them in the Ihya Ulum al-Din in a book which is called Rub' al-Muhlikat. The quarter, because the book is segmented into four quarters. The Rub' al-Muhlikat, halaka, is to be ruined. Wal-Iyadu billah. Muhlikat are those things that ruin you. And he lists them. One of them is kibar, arrogance. Another one is hasad, is envy. Another one is bughd, hatred. These things are sicknesses of the heart. The heart which is sick in the sense of having arrogance, for example, and envy and hatred, cannot comprehend or understand in Islam. Meaning, for us, epistemology is not separate from ethics. You need to have proper values and, and proper attitudes in your hearts for you to have understanding. So we, there is no separation between knowing and piety, between knowing and ethics. If you have taqwa, Allah will teach you. Okay? If you have a heart that is salim, a pure heart, then you will understand. You will have fiqh. Not in the sense, you know, people think that fiqh is simply a set of rules. Fiqh is about understanding, having a comprehension of what life is about. Okay? And this fiqh, this understanding, comes from cleansing your heart from these ailments of the heart. That is why ilmul qulub, the science of the heart, the science of the ailments of the heart, and how to clean the heart, what is called takhliyah, to clean the heart, so that you can gain good values and good, good, good luminescence in the heart, which is called tahliya, okay? If you have tahliya and tahliya, then you have aql anillah, intellecting, okay, through Allah Azza wa Jal. So Imam Muhasibi rahmatullahi alayhi has a book which is called Ma'iyatul Aql, Ma'iyatul Aql, or Ma'iyatul Aql, okay? And it is, in that book he explains al-aql anillah, how to have intellection that is of divine 
uh, assistance that is based on divine luminescence. How do you have it? It's very simple. You have it by trying to purify your heart. Now, the amazing thing is after years of mujahada, of, of trying to cleanse your heart, you discover that the only true cleanser of your heart is Allah Azza wa Jal. So you submit your heart to its creator and ask Allah Azza wa Jal for purification of one's heart. I go back to, to this because he says, فَمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ عَقْلٌ وَشُعُورُ قَلْبٍ يَفْهَمْ I'm just trying to explain why the shaykh is saying عَقْل, شُعُور, and قَلْب, and يَفْهَمْ all in one sentence. Okay? It is because for shaykh, there is no, rahmatullah alayhi, there is no separation between the heart, the comprehension, the intellect, and sensibility. To be a sensible person with shu'ur is to have a pure heart, a qalb salim, that, is, that can achieve aql anillah in the, in the terminology of Imam Muhasib and Imam Ghazali and Abu Talib al-Makki rahmatullahi alayhim ajma'in. So he says, فَيَصِيرُ كُلُّ شَيْءٍ شَيْءً لِأَمْرِ اللَّهِ فَمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ عَقْلٌ وَشُعُورُ قَلْبٍ يَفْهَمْ He who has an intellect and a sensibility a, a, with a heart that can comprehend أَنْ جَعَلَ, أن, أن جعل شَيْءٍ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ وَجَعْلَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ شَيْءًا سِكَّةٌ خَاصَّةٌ بِصَانِعِ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَخَالِقِ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ جَلَّ جَلَالُهُ He who has a pure heart that can understand things divine can comprehend that making something into everything and making everything into something is a unique sign that belongs to the maker of all things and the creator of all things. May he be exalted, Jalla Jalala. Okay? This is the first illumination. Is this? Okay? We move to the second illumination. Al-Lam'atu Thaniyah. Now, the, remember, the first illumination was about the divine sign in life itself. Now, the second illumination is about the divine sign in the living beings. Dawil Hayat. Okay? Those things that have life. He says, انظر إلى خاتم سوري انظر إلى خاتم واحد من الخواتم الغير المعدودة الموضوعة على ذوي الحياة وهو He says, consider one of the stamps amongst the many stamps or the infinite stamps or the infinite signs of Allah Azza wa which is actually placed موضوعة على ذوي الحياة upon or on uh, stamped on those things that have life, dawil hayat, dhu is to, you know, that which has dawil hayat, okay? Those things that have life. What is this stamp? He says it is thus. Anna al-hay bijami'iyatihi ka'annahu mithalun musagar li-kainat. That if you look at any living thing, you will find that it is as if it is a paradigm or exemplar or template, okay? Mithal has all those meanings in, in Arabic, in, in English. Mithal is paradigm, template, stamp, okay? design even. And al-hay bijami'iyatihi, that any living thing, when you consider its wholeness, jami'iyatihi, its totality, okay? It's as if it is a paradigm for all of uh, creations. Oh, sorry, of all of uh, uh, all creatures, kainat. Wa thamarun 
مزهر لشجرة العالم and anything that you see that is living looks as if it is a, a fruit a, a nice fruit مزهر that is a kind of a shiny fruit لشجرة العالم as if the whole world is a tree and this particular living thing belongs to that tree as a fruit belongs to its tree okay meaning when you look at any living thing be it a flower a leaf a cat a tree any any living thing and you look at it you will find that it has a certain connectivity with all of life it's not truncated it is not by itself it has it you can see that it it is a fruition of something that's extended and that in it in a way is an exemplar of all living things okay and that each thing is also nawatun munawwaratun limajmu' al-kawn it's as if it is a seed that is actually illuminated for the totality of the cosmos okay so that when you look at an apple or even the the seed inside an apple okay <coughs> and you look at the complexity of it as a matter of fact if you dissect the seed and even if you get to the cellular level and you take say a mitochondria within the cell okay and you look at the dna within the mitochondria you can see that in every level of life you can see complexity that is indicative of all of life okay so this is a divine sign because it's not just a sign in life itself but a sign in every living thing okay in in all the will hayat in all things that live okay so the shaykh rahmatullah alayh and i i will uh, i will uh, have another sip of the ma that he talks about excuse me He says, The living with its totality is as if it is a paradigm or exemplar that is minimized, a small example, of all things that are. And a, a, a shiny, nice fruit for the tree of, of the whole world. And an illuminated seed for the totality of the cosmos. That the creator has put in this living thing, in each living thing, meaning that in each one thing, Allah Azza wa Jal has put unmodaj. Unmodaj is like a model. Okay? Sometimes we say numodaj. Okay? Unmodaj. I think it's Persian in origin. And it means the, the model. So that when an engineer wants to make something, they make a prototype. Okay? Or a model. Okay? So they make an unmodaj. And this is a kind of a, a design. Okay? In everything that you see, it's as if the design of everything else is inherent. Okay? فَكَأَنَّ الْحَيَّةَ قَطْرَةٌ 
محلوبة من مجموع الكون It's as if every living thing is a droplet that is actually extracted from the totality of the cosmos بنظامات حكيمة معينة with an intricate specific wise organization okay this is very important the the, the sheikh uses strings of adjectives at, at, at times this is typical of of, uh, of late ottoman kalam by the way even if you look at muhammad al jisr rahmatullahi alayhi in the al husun al hamidiyya uh, or in al risala al hamidiyya you'll find that this kind of and you can even find it in some of the awrad for example in the in the hizb of, of ibn arabi rahmatullah this sequence of, of adjectives and and the reason he comes up with these sequences is is to indicate intricacy one thing inside the other okay so notice there is a a it's as if the living thing is a droplet which is extracted from the totality of the cosmos with an organization that is wise and specific, okay? And, and when you look at the sequence, it's actually quite amazing. It's absolutely true. You take anything so simple, take a seed and analyze the seed. You'll find cells inside the seed. Analyze the cells, you'll find small bodies within the cells, mitochondria, uh, what do you call them? Uh, cytoplasm, ectoplasm, the, I forget all the, uh, you know, you find, it's amazing. Some cells like the you know, bacteria that can swim, for example, they have flagella that actually have electrical motors you know, within the cell. Very complex. And if you take that, that flagella and, and analyze it, you'll find molecules that are quite complicated. You take the molecule and you analyze it and you'll find atoms with neutrons and protons and electrons that, you know, that form clouds. You go down to the protons, you find neutrinos, and it's amazing. Each level, there is complexity. Even at what we call, you know, fundamental particles, you will find complexity. Even complexity of behavior, things that have positive spin and negative spin. Even in quantum mechanics, with all the simplicity of the particles, you will find complexity. And nowadays, this, there is a whole science which is called the theory of complexity. There's physics of complexity. That, that actually talks about this. It um, actually amazes me that Shaykh Rahmatullah Ali, when he wrote this, none of this talk of emergence and complexity was very popular. This is actually way ahead of its time. The biology of that time was quite simplistic, mechanistic, as a matter of fact. It, it was, you know, 19th century, late 19th century biology, even early 19th century biology was talking of machines, you know, it was very mechanistic. And yet the Sheikh is talking of complexity at all levels. As a matter of fact, some of the stuff he says, especially about space-time, is closer to quantum physics and, and, uh, and relativity theory than it is to Newtonian, Newtonian mechanics that was popular in his age. Okay? Now, he did have very heavy reading in the biology of his time. One of the Pashas had a library and there is the, in his life there is the story where he locked himself in the library and read basically all the science books. But still, this is actually quite impressive. Especially the talk of paradigms and models. Okay? It's only now in, in dynamic systems theory that now we're talking about dynamic modeling. And he talks about dynamic modeling. He talks about, and, and, he, and he does it 
without falling into naturalism. He, he remains an Ash'ari, because he's a, he's a Shafi'i Ash'ari in his Aqidah, with some Maturidi influence, okay? Because of Taftazani school. In Diyar Bakr, until today, and I've met some of these scholars from Diyar Bakr in Istanbul, who still teach Sharh al-Maqasid of Imam Taftazani, rahmatullahi alayhi. Taftazani is a unique blend of Ash'arism and Maturidism. It's the kind of Ottoman synthesis of Ash'arism and Maturidism that was taught in late Ottoman times, not only in, uh, in, uh, in madrasas in Turkey, but also in, uh, in other wilayat of the Dawla al-Uthmaniyya, like Sham and Egypt, and even uh, my, my own native Tarablus Gharb, you know, Libya, and Tunisia in, 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 uh, in Zaytuna, and in Qarawiyin in Maghrib. And, and that's the kind of kalam he had. What's interesting is he actually transforms this kalam with a very, like a, an emphasis on dynamic systems modeling in a way, that is actually way ahead of its time without falling into naturalism. So that the, he does maintain the unique creativity of Allah Azza wa Jal and, and the doctrine of Imam Baqillani and other Ash'aris of continuous creativity. Okay? That Allah Azza wa Jal creates and annihilates. Okay? In every moment. And not only does he create in every moment, but time itself, okay, is created in every moment. So that the creation is not happening in a framework of temporality, okay? But time, the framework of temporality itself, is created by Allah Azza wa Jal. And as a matter of fact, what Baqilani was saying in the Abbasid period, and what Imam Nursi continues, rahmatullahi alayhi, through this, this doctrine, is actually very similar to the notion that time itself is a fourth dimension that is created with space, so that they speak of space-time, created at a unique moment in time, and, and, and now here it's using, being used metaphorically, through the Big Bang. So modern physics, contemporary physics, uh, uh, since Einstein, and quantum physics is actually, the, the, more you, the deeper you get into it, the, the, the more confident you become in the, in the Ash'ari doctrines and the Maturidi doctrines of, of, of creativity. There is no, we don't have to dump our kalam. As a matter of fact, the, the ultimate vindication of our kalam is in, in contemporary physics. But be careful, I, I, don't, I, am not, I don't like the kind of the validation of our things through comparing them with modern things that change. You know, one day somebody asked me what I thought of the Ijaz al-Quran, uh, the Ijaz al-Ilmi, the scientific Ijaz of the Quran. And I was saying, it is a, a, a doctrine that is very interesting and can be helpful, especially heuristically and, and for pedagogically for teaching. And it can actually strengthen Iman if it is not taken to an extreme. And he said, how so? And I said, if, if a man goes and, and says the port, say Port Rashid or you know, the port of Tripoli or the port of, or, uh, near the Bosphor, is, is I am worried about its stability. And I need to take the port and tie it with a rope to a ship so as to make the port stable. You would say the man is crazy. You tie the boat to the, to, to the, to the port to make the boat stable. You don't tie the port to the boat to make the port stable. It's very important. Quran has the stability of the port. 
Scientific theories keep changing just as the ships keep passing by. There was a day when everybody thought Newton was the finality of all physics. Immanuel Kant, in his Critique of Pure Reason, 1798, I think it's published, says in the preface that all physics is finished. Khalas. Newton, you know? And, and he wants to achieve, when he asks the question, how is knowledge possible? He's asking, he's saying, how is knowledge like the physics of Newton possible? Because he thought that physics was completed. And, and then we discovered later on through Einstein that, that Newton's physics is only an approximation and is only true of things that are happening far away from the speed of light. That once you uh, approach the speed of light or achieve the speed of light, Newtonian mechanics breaks down and you need Einstein's mechanics to, exp uh, to, to explain it. And then we discover with quantum physics that, hey, you know, once you are, uh, 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 when you're looking at big uh, uh, bodies, Einstein's physics holds, but if you look at very tiny bodies, subatomic particles, for example, his physics breaks down too. And you need quantum physics. And now there are people that are saying, you know, there are situations where quantum physics breaks down. And, and, and the cosmology keeps changing. There are lots of different cosmologies now, you know, and, and it's, if you try to say that this ayah of the Quran is true because it fits with Newton's theory, what will happen when Newton's theory gets updated with a new theory of physics? Do you go back and say, oh, no, no, I didn't mean that. I, I changed. So it's very important when you're, doing, when you're talking about the Ijaz Ilmi of the Quran, not to make the relative absolute and make the absolute relative. The Quran is more solid than any of these things. And it is the Quran that should illuminate all of this rather than the opposite. Okay? So why am I saying all these things? I'm saying this in that um, while I do see that the Ustad, Rahmatullah Alayh, is way ahead of his time when it comes to describing complexity, don't make that into, oh, that's, that means that the Rasail Nur are, are, are valid. I believe their validity comes from their Quranic derivation, not from their scientific derivation. That's what I wanted to say. It is because it is, as he puts it, there are lights of the Quran rather than science and then he, that he overimposes or superimposes on Quranic doctrine. That's what I wanted. Sometimes I take a long time to explain something. It's because I'm a bit slow, so forgive me, okay? أن الحي بجامعيته كأنه مثال مصغر للكائنات that that which is living in its totality is as if it's a, it's a, 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 a model, an exemplar that is minimized, a minimal or small example of all of creatures or all creatures وثمر مزهر and a, a shiny nice fruit uh, from the tree of, of, of the world. And a, an illuminated seed um, of the totality of the cosmos. In this unique creature that you're looking at, that Allah has put an exemplar for most of that, uh, the variety that's in the world 
in this unique thing. And as a matter of fact, if you take a, just a simple cell, it's amazing how much variety there is. As a matter of fact, it's amazing the variety even comparing cells. For example, if you take the cells of the neural system, compare them to the cells of, say, muscles, the, the immense difference. And yet, the, it's all made of DNA and basically water and, 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 and basically hydrogen and carbon. That's, that's what it is. And, and yet, you have this tremendous difference, okay? Within a very simple thing, like the cell. فَكَأَنَّ الْحَيِّ قَطْرَةٌ مَحْلُوبَةٌ مِنْ مَجْمُوعِ الْكَوْنِ It's as if that which is living is a droplet which is extracted from the totality of the cosmos through organization, organizations that are wise that are unique, that are specific. There is specificity or specific nature. Um, now, mind you, the theory of organization is actually a modern uh, uh, um, discipline. Look it up on Google, the theory of organization. People uh, like Simon, uh, who was, uh, I think he, he uh, Simon was in Pittsburgh, maybe later on in MIT. Simon has the notion, uh, a theory of, of the artificial, and has a theory of the organization. And he talks about organizational theory from physics to, to business administration. There is a whole thriving field of organizational theory. Nowadays, organizational theory is mixed up with complexity theory to talk about complex organizations and about networked organizations, about social networks. Ustad Badi'a Zaman Nursi's vocabulary is very similar to this kind of talk. That is why when translating the Matna al Arabi Nuri, inshallah, if Allah gives us the, the, the time, inshallah, to translate it, or if young people, inshallah, will translate it, they should use the vocabulary of these sciences because you need them to talk of nidamatin hakimatin mu'ayyana. You know, nidamat, you know? Normally, you wouldn't say nidamat. Now we say nudum. And uh, sounds like nidamat, sounds, sounds Ottoman, yeah? It does, but it, it, it's not just nudum. The reason he talks of nidamat is he wants to Emphasize the, this is a nidam, 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 okay? Organization, 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 but together, put together in a unique, wise way so that they are together nidamat. It's like making software. Today, when they talk of software engineering, they talk about the modular design in software engineering. You make a software, and the software, and the software, and the software, and then you put them together in a big software architecture, to the point where you have off-shelf components. So you need a translation engine, search engine. You need like, you have components of software that you put together. It's very, what he's trying to describe is the notion of complex systems made of subsystems that are also complex, okay? So complex that the whole thing looks so simple, okay? And so simple that each one of the units of simplicity is so complex. And you say, this is a contradiction. He says, no. He who is able to do this is Allah Azza wa To create complexity out of simplicity, simplicity out of complexity, and to put the complexity of the whole cosmos in the simplicity of a cell, or the eye 
of a fly or the leg of a mosquito, you know? All right. And then he will talk about uh, delicate balances and how this happens. You must forgive me tonight. I have to be a little bit short because I have a very important uh, meeting that I have to attend. Thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.